that you're walking around right now being empty and hopeless? Are you finding that while you want to study, your mind just can't seem to focus? Do you find that you have routinely a loss of energy and interest in doing anything at all? Would the people who you associate with uh, frequently, would they say that you're prone to mood swings? Are you having panic attacks, sleep disturbances, not able to sleep? Again, if you are here this morning, virtual or in person, I want you to know that it's okay to not be okay. I want you to know that there are resources and that God has empowered you to tap into those resources, not tomorrow, but today. Hmm. Psalm 9111 reminds us, for he shall, mm, that word shall, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, hope. For the past two days, we have talked about CPR for the soul. We said that C stands for confess, and P stands for pray, and R stands for rest. Ah, yes, we looked at Psalm 51. I'm sure some of you have said we're reading the same text every day. Yeah. I have come to learn in my experience with the Word of God that you can never exhaust the Word of God. I mean, you literally could read the same text, passage scripture over and over again, and every time you read it, God will refresh. God will share with you a new divine principle or revelation that he wants you to know and understand. We talked about the fact that every human being has fundamental needs. On day one, we said that every human being has a fundamental need to do what? To believe. And every, fun, every human being has a fundamental uh, need to belong. And we have the fundamental need to become. And yesterday we said that every human being has the fundamental need to have balance. And today, we're going to add the final B. <laughs> Every human being has the fundamental need to break through, hallelujah, to overcome, thank you, Jesus, to adapt, Lord, we praise you, to overcome, to adapt, to climb that mountain, to get over that hill, to get to the other side, yes. We become stronger as we break through the chains of our challenges. Hope. The, the dictionary definition of hope is, is a feeling of expectation, a desire, a wish for something to take place. Mm. But the biblical definition of hope takes it one step further. Hope is an expectation with certainty that God will do what he said. Where is your hope this morning? Is your hope a wish that it will come to pass? Or is your hope hope? full with the certainty that you believe that you may not know how and you may not know when, but you know that God will keep his word. Let's look again at Psalm 51. Mm. Psalm 51, verses 10 to 15. It reads, Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. 
then I will teach your transgressors, I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. Ah, so today, because we, the first day we talked about Psalm 51, and then yesterday we tried to teach a little bit about Psalm 51, and today we're going to preach and praise through Psalm 51. You see, before Psalm 51 begins, if you look in your Bible, there is a title. In the version that I was using, it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So right there, that tells us that before we begin to read the prayer that David was saying, it gives us the situation. It tells us that in 2 Samuel 11 and 12, that a whole year had elapsed between David's crime and David's penitence. It had been a year of guilty satisfaction, not worth having, of a sullen hardening of the heart against God and all his appeals. The 32nd Psalm tells us how happy David had been during the 12 months. No, notice I'm shaking my head, no. David not, was not happy. He says in Psalms 32, my bones waxed old through my roaring all day long, for day and night thy hands was heavy on me. So you see, 2 Samuel chapter 12 shows us plainly and painfully that for one whole year, David tried to cover up his sin. David tried for one whole year to live like nothing had been wrong. It was until, somebody say until. Mm. It was until the prophet Nathan came along. Then Nathan with his apologue and with the dark threatening sword where he said the sword shall never depart from your house David the fulfillment of which became a well-known sorrow to the king for the rest of his days it was then that David began his prayer notice again we read here it was after the threatening after the pardon after the punishment after after the penitence, after the pronouncement that he comes to God, God who had so freely given him forgiveness, God who had ever been waiting after he and Bathsheba got together, God had been waiting for David to turn. God had been waiting for David to turn before Uriah was killed. God had been waiting for David to turn after Uriah was killed. For one whole year, David hardened his heart and we refuse to turn. Maybe you have never committed a murder like David. <laughs> Maybe you're here in the seminary and you have never covered a sin. Maybe you have never covered a lie. Maybe you have never covered any pride. Maybe you have never covered your disdain for an entire ethnic group of people. Maybe you have never covered a sin, an indiscretion. Maybe you have never made a mistake. Maybe you have never confessed for, for never, maybe, maybe you have never refused to confess for over a year like David. Maybe unlike David, for a year or more, you have never walked around with unconfessed blind spots. You have never walked around 
I'm damaged because of your own unforgiveness. I want to talk this morning to, 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 to people who could have been. I want to talk this morning to people who should have been, who should have been, would have been, could have been, but they did not confess. I want to talk this morning to people, ah, this morning to people who, who you, you, you trusted in the promise of the promotion instead of trusting to God. Uh, this morning, is there anybody here that knows what it's like to walk around for years where you're internally broken, where internally you're belligerent, you're having conversations with yourself all the time, seminary and you're confused and you're crying and you're callous for years, you're here and you can't seem to figure out why is it that everybody else is standing up and they're praising God and everybody else is getting asked to do the assignment. Everybody else is getting the promotion except nobody's paying you any attention. Why nobody wants to be your friend. Why everybody thinks you're negative all the time. It's because that unconfessed indiscretion, that unconfessed sin is causing the residue to bleed out into every aspect of your life. Please don't sit here and pretend that you have never had a season, that you've never had a moment, that you've never had an episode of unconfessed sin. For we're told in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Ellen White advises us, it is not safe for us to close our eyes and harden our consciences, that we should not see or realize our sins. We need to cherish the instruction we have in regard to the hateful character of sin in order that we may repent and confess of our sins. Hosea 6.1 says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. David loved that baby that died and it hurt. But we're told in the commentaries that what grieved David's heart was the fact that he sinned against God. You see, Psalm 51 is written for you and for me. Psalm 51 is written for anybody who has ever hidden a failure. It's written, written for anyone who has ever lived a broken life. It's written for anyone who has ever given up on themselves. It's written for you and for me, anyone who has ever had a moment of guilt and shame, anybody who has ever stepped over the line, anybody who knows what it's like to turn from God, turn to God today. He says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. <laughs> Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow what? strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So this morning, God says, turn to God with your knees on the floor and turn to God with your whole body prostrate before the Lord. Turn to God this evening with your family surrounding you. Turn to God. Go over to the Garden of Grace in PMC and sit quietly. Turn to God here in this building. Go upstairs and use the prayer room. Turn to God when this chapel service is over. Sit right here in the pew. Don't you leave this room and cry out to God, Father, forgive me. We need the power of God. Ah, 
We need the power of God in our lives every single day. It's not your job. It's not your money. It's not your degree that you're about to get. It's not your church position. It's not how many of your children are doctors or lawyers. It's not the 2300-day prophecy or how many fundamental beliefs you can memorize. It's not. It's you and God in relationship. It's you and God with authenticity. It's you and God. God, I'm not going anywhere until you fill me with your Holy Spirit. Create in me a clean heart, God. Wash me down, Heavenly Father. Waterboard my heart and my spirit. Don't leave any area of my heart, my mind, and my spirit untouched by the hand of God because I need you, Lord. I need you more than I need anything else. I need you, God, like I need to breathe. Let me inhale and exhale your Holy Spirit. Create in me a clean heart. You see, when we confess with our whole heart like David, we can ask God to not only forgive us, that's the first step, (laughs) but also like David, we can say, Lord, as you are forgiving me, transform me. Don't leave me the same, Heavenly Father. I want my name to be changed, Lord, have mercy. Like we had Saul, who became who? Ah, who became Paul. Change me, Lord God. Let's look at Psalm 51. Psalm 51, 7 through 12. Purify me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sin from my sins and blot out all my guilt. This right here is a transformation process. Like literally, when you get some time, sit down and read this again. You literally could write it out as steps. You literally could follow it. If you ever say, my heart is so heavy, I don't know how to confess, I don't really know what to say, you can follow this right here. He says, purify me. Wash me, Lord. He says, Lord, let me hear you. I want my bones to have energy and vitality. Remove and blot out my guilt. And then we read again, the next steps he says, Father, the transformation process continues because now I'm asking you to equip me, God. Create in me a clean heart so I can be used by you. Renew within me a right spirit so I can be used by you. Do not banish me from your presence so I can be used by you. Restore the joy that I used to have, Lord God. I want it back. I want it back. I want to go back to when you and I first fell in love. I want to go back to when and I realize that you really are my Lord and Savior. I want to go back. Take me back. Mm. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might. nor by power, but by what? By my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know this. All things work together for good to them that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So as we read this passage of scripture, we understand that what David was asking God for was nothing less than a miracle. When we ask God to forgive us, it is a miracle, something that we cannot do on our own, but something that God has to do. 
CPR for the soul, confess. CPR for the soul, pray. Pray is, is, is one of those things so many times that many of us take for granted. We get so used to telling people, you can pray. Pray in the morning, pray in the evening, pray in the afternoon. You can pray when you're sick, you can pray when you're well. You can pray, pray, pray. We get so used to seeing it, but God wants us, man and woman, God wants us, brothers and sisters, to go from speaking it to exercising it, to living it, to really and truly what it know what it means to just have a talk with Jesus to tell him all about your problems, to know that he's hearing your faintest cry, to know that he will answer by and by. I went through a season of my life where I hated God. I went through a season of my life where I had the audacity one day to tell God, I'm not talking to you anymore. Like, who does that, right? But I did. I was so angry. I said, I'm not talking to you anymore. What was really crazy was at that time in my life, when it came to the church, I would just help participate in things. And I was a part of the women's ministry. And on that day that I told the Lord, I'm not talking to you anymore, we had a women's ministry meeting. And at the end of the meeting, somebody got the wonderful idea. They said, well, you know what? To close the, the meeting tonight, we're going to get in a circle and we're going to do a group prayer. And they said, everybody's going to pray. And I'm like, well, God, I just told you I'm not talking to you no more. But I said, here's what I'm going to do. You know the mitzvah, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent. I said, well, if I just say it, I'm not really praying it. I'm just, just saying it. And so we all got in a circle, and they started going around the circle. And uh, then it, 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 um, uh, the, the young lady next to me, as it came to her turn to pray, she fainted. I don't know why, but something just rose up that was in me. I said, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. God, forgive me. I began to just confess. And when I left there, I said, you know what, God? All right, here's the real deal. I know you. And because I know you, in order for me to stay away from you, I have to harden my heart. I don't want to harden my heart because that's too heavy. You know God. And there are some areas of your life right now. There's an area of your life right now where God is saying, I need you to let me remove the stone. I need you to let me make sense of what does not make sense to you. I need you to let me bring in the healing so that there is nothing that's unconfessed, so that there is nothing that gets in the way of you and I remaining in right relationship with each other. The Bible calls for us to pray. Pray, Matthew 5:44 says, pray for those who persecute you, pray. Matthew 6, 5 says, and when you pray, Matthew 6, 9 says, this is then how you should pray. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Woo! Do you see how sweet the Bible is? Do you see how God literally gives us the formula? He literally gives us the step-by-step -step on how to move forward, focus with him, and to move forward abundantly through this life. God never said you won't cry. God never said you won't have any moments of pain. He never said that, but he said, I will be with you always. Prayer is an act of obedience. God calls us to pray and we must respond. 
Psalms 51, 13 through 15, David continues here in this last section. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips that my mouth may dare to proclaim, to, to, to proclaim your praise. CPR for the soul, rest in God and open your lips. That's my final word today. <laughs> rest in God and open your lips. You see, David says that because you know what it means to be redeemed, you have a testimony. Because you know what it means to be redeemed, you can step back. You can see the crazy, but you don't have to jump into the crazy. Because we are living in a world, as you heard me say on Tuesday, that is literally in cardiac arrest. As a chaplain in the military, when I go to work every single day, I have absolutely no idea what is going to come to me. And the only way that I am able to move forward, not perfect, the only way that I am able to move forward in a progressive manner in my relationship with God is that I have to start my day off saying, good morning, God. First of all, I want to thank you for this day. God, I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Before I start rehearsing the difficulties of the day, before I start talking about what didn't work yesterday or what I feel may not work today, I have to start by saying, God, where do you want me to go today? How do you want me to be glorified? How do you want to be glorified in my life today? Who do you want me to come in contact with today? God is calling every single one of you. If you're watching this virtually, I want you to hear me clearly. God is calling every single one of us to be useful and available and in relationship with you. God wants to be in a relationship with you. When we are in relationship with God, where our unconfessed sins are not, where we are in, when we are in relationship with God, then God is able to truly through us fulfill the go ye therefore commission. He says, in these last days, ah, the signs will be rapid. He says, in these last days, we, he's going to use men and women. <laughs> he's going to use whosoever to spread the gospel to the entire world. And so today, God calls you and I to remember that nothing will ever separate us. A few years ago, I saw Pastor uh, Dr. Paula Olivier, we were in the seminary together, and, and she did this illustration, and it stayed with me, and I literally remember it, and from time to time use it as I'm preaching. I wanna show you what David says to you and I through Psalm 23. I'm gonna call on a few of you to help me. And so when I call you, I just need you to go ahead and get up quickly, okay? All right, so can I borrow you please? Come on, come on, come on. We're gonna go back to Psalm 23 again and I'm gonna ask you to recite it with me. So David says, this is you and I every single day. We wake up in the morning, God has blessed us to have the ability to inhale and exhale. We start off afresh with God. Let's begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the water, still waters. He restores my soul. Pause. When somebody's leading you, where are they? In front of you. Could you please come and stand in front of him? He restores my soul. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Pause. When somebody is with you, where are they? Could you please come and stand on his left? And could you come and stand on his right right here? For thou art with me. Let's continue. Now, prepare the tape. What was next? That rod and I stab, they comfort me. Thank you. Thou table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When somebody's following you, where are they? Come, behind you. I'm going to pause in here right now. Let me squeeze through you real quick. So what David is saying to you and I, that God is always with us. He is leading us. He is beside us. He is behind us. God will never, ever leave you. And I want you to look. They are standing in the symbol of the cross. That's the gospel. He lived so that you could live. And he died so that you could live. He resurrected so that you could live. And he's coming again so that you could live both now and for eternity. And so what that means, I need you to follow my directions. What that means is that on any given day, if you happen to take two steps forward, one, two, God is with you. If you happen to take two steps to the right, one, two, God is with you. If you happen to take two steps to the left, one, two, God is with you. And on any given day, if like David, you happen to take two steps backwards, one, two, God is with you. He loves you. He's not going to leave you ever again. And so the call today is simple. Created me a clean heart. Today, God is saying, I'm ready, are you? Not just for today, but for every day. Will you let me? Will you hand over to me whatever is keeping you and I from being united? The next call, God says, I have saved you so that you can tell others. I have saved you, I have redeemed you, so that you can be used by me, not as you see fit. I, I need you to take off the borders. I need you to stop telling me what you're going to do. And I need you to just come to me so that I can go above and beyond what you could ever think or ask to imagine. God wants to do more for you than you could ever think. And it begins with our opening our hearts. Created me, let's sing.